Dharma talk this evening is titled Addiction Awareness Meditation Talk One. I get that right. So, as some of you know, I've been teaching uh, in a drug recovery situation for uh, quite a number of years and have trained others to do the same. Uh, and um, people who are not particularly Buddhist uh, might be of any no faith at all or other uh, religious uh, orientation. But still, the, the practice of meditation, as, as I teach it anyway, and has been taught by others down through the centuries, is very helpful in dealing with something that we are willing to ignore everything else, including our, our life, our family, our health, and so on. So it's a, it's, a, uh, it's at one time very simple situation of grasping and very complicated in that grasping and whatever the environment or the particular area that we're in, family and job and, and particular health and mental qualities and so on are just very complicated. But the value in doing a very simple awareness practice, regardless of, as I said, the spiritual path, um, the value of that is that it it allows the the consciousness of the awareness to change gears a little bit so one is not quite so magnetized by what the emotions and the thought process because the emotions uh, and the thought process if they get a hold of you uh that's difficult enough everybody experiences that but if they get a hold of you and then they not only that they have a, they have the 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 help or the support of the um of the whole uh uh, construct uh, that chemical uh, dependency and so on, I guess, is the way it would be uh, uh, talked about. This, that the actual chemical itself could be doing that uh, to uh, attach, get you to attach to it and put that, uh, reprioritize it so that comes before anything. We've got to have this, uh, this chemical or that chemical or this uh, drug or that drug. And it sometimes also uh, works as other kinds of activity. Sometimes people have a gambling uh, addiction that they, People might use other words other than addiction, but you have to use something, and that's a. I use it because it's common to use that drug abuse uh, and so on to encourage people to uh, meditate. Sit down, hold still, sit in a symmetrical posture. It can be this one or this one, and uh, with all the senses open, and just uh, preferably facing a wall, since the eyes, uh, uh, the visual consciousness is open, but not much is happening. That's the reason for facing a wall. Um, you could look at anything where nothing is moving. It could be the trunk of a tree. It could be uh, your refrigerator. It could be the carpeting. So it just it's the idea that the visual consciousness is open, but nothing is distracting you or magnetizing you there. What happens with someone who is uh, addicted uh, to something, uh, and this can show up lots of different ways, and there are different ways of, uh, of working with that, of course. There's a uh, a moral inventory and 12-step programs that are very elaborate about how to go about that um, and help people work with their thinking process to re, uh, retrain themselves, recondition themselves to function in a different way. As you know, the 12-step programs have all kinds of slogans and everything they use. And we have that kind of a slogan. We have those kinds of slogans also. I've made up a bunch of them myself. Or else maybe I've stolen them from somebody. I don't know. Probably I stole them. So what, what will happen with someone who is uh, functioning out of some kind of a, a, a addictive behavior is that they, even though they might uh, have been able to 
they're using a thinking process to control themselves in such a way that they can stay away, that if they can stay away from the whatever that substance might be or that activity might be, the control situation only works so far. And uh, generally speaking, in most cases, the, the addiction wins. Uh, maybe not right away, or maybe it uh, goes around and to uh, stop or control that. I'm not saying it can't be done. Some people might have a really strong impulse or desire for something, and they just look at it and say, this is unhealthy. I'm not going to do this anymore. And because of their particular makeup, uh, you might even call it stubbornness. I'm not doing that. I don't care how I feel about it. It's wrong, or it's this or that. They lecture themselves. or There's so many ways to deal with it. And I'm not saying that meditation is for everyone, that everyone should do that, do this. Um, and people with uh, habits or addictions that are kind of destroying their lives, um, there might be something else. Maybe the moral inventory uh, style or the cognitive behavioral uh, kind of work or other kinds of therapies and so on. There's, I think if you go in uh, Wikipedia, there's probably about a, I think the first time I looked, there was 75 ther uh, different kinds of therapies. And now there's right around 150. Uh, which might have gone up to 160 in the last week or so So I looked. And maybe that'll work. So I'm not here to promote this is the only way. I'm just saying this is a way. And how is this done? Well, first of all, why would we do it this way? Because the way it looks to me is that the person with the difficulty uh, is unaware of the way they are getting closer and closer, to use a, a visual uh, a common metaphor, getting close to a bad neighborhood. And that bad neighborhood might not be a place, or it could be. It could be a particular group of people. It could be a something like that that draws you in, or or specific people. It it could also be uh, various other things that are happening in one's life, uh, um, with one's relationships, or with one's job, or frustrations in different places that add to that situation. But it seems rather than trying to control that by getting a hold of uh, handles and and levers and buttons that actually change all the time. You can't find the, very, the off button for that. That's why they call it an addiction. You can't find a, a off switch. Um, but if you train your mind to see clearly, not to, not necessarily to uh, see clearly, so you clearly, then whatever is arising, whether it be the addiction or the bad neighborhood, you see it and you see it without a bunch of pre preconceptions or presumptions laid on top of it that camouflage it and make it much more easier, much easier for you to stumble into a pile of crap, which is what addiction often feels like, especially after you have failed at controlling it or failed. Well, it's difficult. And then we go looking for somewhere else for help. I can tell you where to get the help. Right in your own mind, right in your own consciousness. You have to actually find that part of the consciousness that observes because if you find the part of a consciousness that is thinking, the part that is feeling, I'm not saying those aren't valid. Of course they are. But when it comes to addiction or to a, an intense desire for what? Something else, especially if it's uh, double loaded or if it's reinforced by chemicals or possibly by uh, uh, who knows what other, what other kind of thing uh, is in operation when there's an addiction that isn't particularly involving uh a substance, but more of an activity. Usually there's some kind of avoidance or some kind of cover-up that's happening. So by training the mind, by sharpening that blade, by sitting down and clarifying the very, the primary situation, which is who's seeing this? Who is it that is, that is having this kind of an issue? What is this situation fundamentally? 
sharpen that awareness by sitting down and watching what moves in the awareness. This is the way I teach it. It's very simple. I can tell you how to meditate in this style in, uh, in one sentence. Sit down, hold still, keep the back straight, have all the senses open, and just observe. And do a lot do a lot of it. That was two sentences. Yeah, well, it's a semicolon. Or no, the semicolon? Where's the English major? There he is. This has to be done a lot. You, would ha you couldn't just meditate every few days. or uh, I'm not saying you couldn't. You could. But it seems to, especially if you're dealing with some kind of intense, uh, reactive kind of behavior based on how you feel and what you're trying to cover up, drugs tend to cover up how you feel. Even if it's a drug that you're not uh, addicted to, um, you can have a few drinks every day. At one time before I um, uh, had difficulty with my health, I used to drink quite often. I didn't consider myself addicted to it. I was quite proud of that. I can either take them or leave them. You ever heard that? You ever said that? Oh, I can either drink or not drink. Well, I, I could do that. It seemed like uh, when I became diabetic and using my own my situation as an example, I, I was able to stop. And I, I thought, well, that's interesting. I'm not. Uh, what I found that I was kind of addicted to is the company. I enjoyed being around a lot of people who were drinking. But when I stopped drinking, I didn't enjoy being around people. Who were drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it was very boring. Uh, but my my uh, addictive behavior would have been um, uh, uh, cigarettes. I, I haven't smoked in 25 years, but. When I did uh, try to quit smoking, it was very difficult. And so that's how I know a little bit about addiction. And it uh, um, might not ruin your life or destroy your family or your job, but it will definitely kill you <laughs> So, in time. So uh, that was uh, difficult. And, uh, um, even, and I was even, when I was going through that, I was even, uh, 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 had been practicing meditation for quite a number of years. But I hadn't really, when I finally decided I was going to stop, uh, it was it was still very very difficult to do that. So I have a little bit of appreciation for what some people have uh, have to go through. The idea there is it seems to be necessary to see what the fundamental nature of of control is about. And in order to in order to understand that, we need to sit down and look at what the controller. There is some kind of a person identity that wants things to be different than they are. Wants more of something or wants less of something else. And, and maybe something else that just doesn't want to be bothered by it, it wants to shut down on it. So the uh, when, when I refer to this as addiction awareness meditation, I'm saying that if you sit down, if, if you're functioning uh, under some kind of a problem you would call addiction, or maybe it's another name, and you observe what the mind does, you may not deal directly with the, the addictive behavior, which is quite often the way some um, uh, protocols work, work with this, like uh, a 12-step programs or cognitive behavioral work and so on. Not that those aren't valuable. You could use those. You should use those. You should use whatever is helping you. Uh, but this is a way of going even lower than the thinking or deeper than the thinking process and working with just the awareness itself. This is based on 2,500 years. Uh, if you use uh, the, uh, the Buddhist uh, idea of the Buddhist uh, teaching, which is ancient, that doesn't mean that you have to become a Buddhist. Um but you could train your mind. You could sit down and what does that look like in a, in a sentence? Seeing how untrained the mind is. Uh, if you're just wandering around and you're moving, you're doing this and you're doing that and you're picking things up, you're doing dishes, you're doing the laundry, you're deciding you're making a grocery list, you're talking with your neighbor or you're just daydreaming, looking out the window, wondering what you're going to do next. Um, uh, you're not training your mind. 
you're kind of indulging in whatever comes up. Not wrong. It's not wrong. But if you're if you're also saddled with uh, uh, some kind of something we would call an addiction, I'm not saying it's the only way, but perhaps a good way to work with that would be to look at the consciousness that is uh, uh, is permitting that to occur. And what permits that to occur is the constant cover up that's happening uh, in terms of I got to get a hand. I got to get a handle on this. Just like uh, sometimes when something goes wrong, we'll immediately say, I got to figure this out. That's a big, uh, big misunderstanding, because what that does to the mind is it prioritizes the thinking process instead of the awareness, pro- the, the, the aspect, the quality of the mind that is the awareness. The awareness is the one that is going to see the truth. The thinking process is based on hope and fear, hope that things will get better, useless activity, and fear that they're going to get worse. Also useless and fairly baseless because what if you have the luxury of actually indulging in hope or indulging in fear, if you actually look at your situation, you're probably probably in pretty good shape. Probably nothing is happening because if something's happening, you're not going to be hoping for anything. You're not even going to be uh, fearing anything. You're going to be probably panicked, which goes beyond, way beyond uh, just basic fear. So the idea is not to go headlong into the addiction, but to back out of it. Uh, to some extent, and actually hold your seat, find a space in your house, in your closet, in front of your refrigerator, where you can sit down, hold still, and watch the mind that keeps getting you in trouble, that keeps getting you into the addiction, keeps getting your your hands into the cookie jar. Of course, it's not cookies. Well, it might be. You know, there's some pretty good cookies in there sometimes. And you've noticed, I'm sure, that sometimes people can, some people can just drink a little bit or have a few drugs or uh, get high or whatever, and it's never really too much of a problem. It's just a because their particular whatever you call it, like their constitution, their chemical makeup, their they, they just don't uh, have an issue with that. And other people are extremely uh, uh, chained or imprisoned by those kinds of situations: drug use, alcohol, and so on. So yes, don't you? The word addiction seems like a really hard line in the sand. I'm wondering if there's a basic or fundamental difference between someone who would consider themselves to have an addiction and someone who doesn't, uh, a difference in the mind or consciousness. You might, uh, um, the word addiction is pretty strong, but it it seems to be necessary to use some kind of a word. Um, I don't know if it would be that one, you might might use another word, but the, the activity or the, the attachment to some, something else that you have to have, that everything else, all the values that are there kind of go by the wayside because you really need that. There's some kind of a lust, you know, intense emotion that needs that. So, uh, so I would use, I think the word addiction works okay here, but because, uh, and it's common, but we're, you can, there's all kinds of things. Uh, you can be addicted to worrying. Uh, you don't do that, do you? No. You could be addicted to some people who are really addicted to uh, have an addiction to worrying. Change the addiction over to house cleaning. I don't see any any takers there. Maybe everyone lives in tents. But I'm only saying I'm not blaming anybody. I'm saying that sometimes if you run into an area that's very difficult, you'll you'll change over to something else that's more workable, or maybe even more socially acceptable, or possibly a. Uh, uh, satisfies that uh, type of clinging or that kind of intensity. 
it's so very complicated that it seems necessary for each person to sit down and look at their own state of mind, their own way, their own mind works in that way. But you probably everybody can find a little bit of an addiction somewhere to something. Shut up. Is addiction pointing to the same area as, like in the Buddhist teachings, we use the word attachment? Yeah, you can use attachment, addiction. You're attached, but it, it's it's going to function. You can always find exceptions to it where that's not that doesn't really work. Attachment is more like you're attached, and then you don't have to stay attached because the attachment's already there. Whereas the addiction seems to be something that's drawing you into something. So it could function like an attachment or not. More? Not on that, but I have a lot of different questions on the topic. Go for it. Um, I know speaking from my experience, you, you brought up how some people can, can just have a couple of drinks. And I know for me, having gone through a lot of spells where I was addicted to things, there's a want to become a person that can just drink a little bit. Yeah. So are there tendencies that someone like me is stuck with for this entire life? Yeah. Don't drink. Yeah. Don't do it. It's, it's, it, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to do to go into that area just to be a try to make yourself be a person who. I mean, you're 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 fighting against a, a chemical structure. Some people can skydive. Some people can't. Is Michelle here. <laughs> yeah. So I I notice I have a tendency to to try to use the concepts to to justify the things that I do. So then that that takes me to like, well, if there's no self, I should be able to just change and and not have that history affect who I am now. Yeah, so but you don't, you haven't realized no self, or have you? If you think you've realized no self, you haven't. If you haven't, you think you haven't realized no self, that's also untrue. There's only, the only way you can uh, can do this is to realize it, and realize realization isn't a, isn't a state of mind. It's just a deep understanding about what this is. Go ahead, give a list. Go ahead. Um, Something that you say sometimes is to make friends with yourself. Yes. And so for, for me, I haven't used, I haven't smoked or used drugs or drank for quite some time. And it still seems like that tendency or that, that initial impulse that was underneath all that hasn't gone anywhere. It's just not being hooked up to a particular activity. Um, yes. Would making friends with that situation make that feel less abrasive? It might. But we can't look for if you look for any kind of results, then we're right back into the relative situation of trying to get something. And that's part of the issue in the first place. The very nature of addiction is wanting something else. And and people are compromised in different ways. Some people don't have that, don't, don't have the, the chemical uh, situation happening, as you're talking about. Some people just don't have that. And, and there's probably no way that you're going to be able to transcend that. And but, you know, I don't know that. I don't know that for sure, but I don't think that's a good idea. Wait till you're 80, then have a drink. Last time you said that I could have a drink for your 100th birthday. I did. It's not far away. <laughs> <laughs> but When you tell Shoto not to drink, how is, is that telling him to control himself? No. Oh, she didn't have to do anything. I'll tell him. He's sewing a robe to be a monk, so he's my property. And no, he he could. I mean, he actually could do what he could do whatever he wants to do. But I'm just saying, he's asked me to function as its teacher, and if he asked me, I'll say, "Don't do it. It's not, it's not worth it. You're not going to prove anything. Even if you begin to, if you're able to to drink and 
it's just not a good idea. It's not worth what's if you want to put some energy into something, then put energy into sitting down and training your mind to see more clearly. So you so you can see that bad neighborhood come up. And I'm not saying that that you couldn't have a few drinks and that would be the end of it or have a social drink now and then it's possible, unlikely, possible. But I would say, why, why do it? it? Doesn't even if you did it. So what? I don't give up gold stars for that. Yes. And I had one more question, just with addiction awareness meditation. Yes. Um, I've been trying to, or I've been working with uh, that topic for a while, and I have difficulties seeing if there's a if there's a difference between how you teach like shikintaza and something that's separate called addiction awareness meditation. Mm-hmm. So is there a different emphasis in addiction awareness meditation? To the person who's doing it, yes. Someone is sitting down and, and following this as a addiction awareness meditation, or if I go into a, a drug rehab place or talk to people who are having that kind of difficulty, either individually or as a group, uh, the, the, the meditation practice is, is very, very similar, if not identical. But the person that's practicing that is working with a different uh, kind of understanding a different kind of excuse me um their whole makeup their whole life is different whereas if you actually take this on as a spiritual path then you start to work with the forms and the, the teachings as they are have been taught for centuries and coming through somewhat coming through the texts that we study six, six seven days a week uh, or the teachings as they're presented by this person so does the addiction awareness meditation a mundane aspect to the practice. I'm not sure if I'm following you. It's since I'm a student of yours, it's hard to kind of remove that influence when I look at addiction awareness meditation and not see like how I relate to the practice show up in that. So when trying to talk to somebody that maybe is just interested in the addiction awareness part, it's it gets really murky about how that's different. Stop talking. Don't tell them anything. Make them drag it out of you. You heard me say that many times. If they do that, if they're asking you questions, then you're responding to it. Then it's a uh, then the the relationship dynamic there is not separated into somebody trying to tell somebody something else. Then you're just meeting the person where they're at. How is this work? Uh, you're a meditator. You've had this kind of a problem. That how does that work for you? Then you, can, you know, then you can keep it very simple. You can respond. Don't convert anybody. There's no no intention here to have uh, propagandize anything. It might look like, that way to some extent, but. Uh, I don't care what you do. Do whatever you want. Yes. Is the intention of this awareness to stop the addiction, or is it a bit better? No, that's a good one. It's not about stopping the addiction. If you're if you're trying to stop your addiction, you're in probably in big trouble. Unless your addiction is uh, unless the whole situation that you're in uh, is uh, the dependent the causes and conditions that are around you. Uh, are are lined up in such a way that you you're able to actually accomplish su- such a thing. I'm not saying it's impossible, but if the attitude is to stop the addiction and try to do it through willpower or stubbornness or something like that, it's probably not going to be a workout too well. You know, it's not that. I mean, there's so many causes and conditions you can't find them all. I mean, if uh, you know, if uh, um, Mars is crossing your natal Venus uh, in the third house, then maybe you'll be all right. You know, I'm just I'm just being silly. But on the other hand, I'm not being silly. I mean, th- that's just one thing. That's that that's just one area. The, the cyclic movement of everything is extremely conf- uh, uh, complicated, and and it's and people that spend their whole life trying to get a hold of just that still have dis- disagreements among each other. 
just like meditation teachers still disagree. Uh, here's a Buddhist said, everything is dependently risen. Life is suffering. The cause is desire. The goal is cessation of the path of Sheila Samadhi and Prajna. And people just argue about that. I'm not going to argue about it. I'll just say, find out for yourself. Sit down, face the wall and find out who you are. Because you're not up here and you're not down here. And this might be a good place to look, but you're not going to find anybody. But you will find someone here and you'll find someone here. This one's full of fear and this one's full of fear. Yes. A question from Greg in the UK. <coughs> How does willpower fit in with overcoming addiction from a Buddhist perspective? Um, I'm not saying that you couldn't do some of that and, and say I just use my willpower. Uh, I'm not saying you couldn't do that. But I think uh, the will situation would be also dependently risen. And you may be particularly willful or stubborn. You may be able to push hard enough to cause that to happen. But a lot of things are going to fall by the wayside by push, having that kind of aggression or that kind of energy on yourself. So probably not. Uh, probably is not going to work. The willpower, the stubbornness, they're just going to muscle through. I'm just going to do this no matter what. Maybe a little bit. Sometimes I say, when people say they don't want to meditate, I say do it anyway. Or else sometimes people say, I don't want to meditate. And I say, well, stop. And don't do anything as you have to. So there's no, the right and wrong thing is a misunderstanding. And this is a, one of the few things that Buddhism, if it's taught the way the Buddha pointed at it uh, 2,500 years ago, it's not about right and wrong. Human beings uh, are hooked on right and wrong. And it's not that there isn't really horrible things people do and really wonderful things people do, but it's still some kind of activity that is coming out of dependent origination and quite often out of some kind of cover-up. Yes? What is bodhicitta? Bodhi is, uh, means awake and chitta is mind, so it's awakened mind. And uh, bodhicitta, relative bodhicitta is a is, is a, is a, a uh, working with uh, trying to be uh, have a sense of equanimity and balance and try to work with uh, negativity and aggression in a way that is a uh, that is a uh, um, somewhat accommodating, but doesn't cave in, but also doesn't go to war with anything. So and it takes a while. And absolute bodhicitta is uh, uh, one of the practices uh, in that uh, in Atisha's seven points of mind training is uh, remain a child of illusion. Everywhere you look, this is an illusion. This is a dream. It might be very solid, but it's unreal. You can't do this to the table you sat at yesterday. I just proved my point. A question from Bosker in Houston. Bosker. <laughs> I have a colleague whose child has a chemical usage issue. While the child could try awareness practice, as you suggest, what could the parents do to help? Meditate. So that, so that, so that, how old is the child? Say. So the parents could actually uh, train them to become a Buddhist, but train, sit down, hold still, and watch the confusion so that you don't take the confusion that you think is in the child and is actually your projection. So be very careful about any time you have opinions, ideas, judgments of anybody else. And be, when I say be careful, I'm just saying just because you have an emotion, a feeling, a judgment, a conclusion uh, about someone doesn't necessarily mean it's true. It also doesn't mean that you should do away with it. You should get rid of it. Just watch it. Just observe it. Just be aware of it. So the best thing they could do, depending on the age of the child, would be to train their minds so they don't make things worse for their child. The yes. child is about 20. Child is 20? Yeah. Well, this, I would still be the same. I would say the same thing. 
train their mind so that they can meet the child, the 20 year old child where he, she is at instead of trying to get them to do some, be something else. Just don't do that. Stop doing that. Be like somebody trying to tell you not to live in a monastery. You know, I mean, what do I say all the time? Don't meddle, mind your own business. And you might say to me, well, so you shouldn't mind your own business too. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Kind of what Nishikai said, asking if the goal was to stop the addiction. It seems like you mentioned all those therapies and you could probably look at each one of those and they have some kind of promise. Like if you do this right, Mm -hmm. you will stop using. So when someone is in that situation where they want to stop using, how can they relate to the practice of addiction awareness meditation if that's not really a guarantee? Well, that's because it's not a guarantee. I mean, everybody's trying to guarantee something. I'm not going to promise you anything. This may not work. Probably won't work. You should do it anyway. You should, you should, you should be responsible instead of looking to somebody else for some kind of a tap on the head or some kind of imprimatur or a golden uh, wand or uh, something. You should just do it. Be, be responsible. The ability to respond. Respond to the emotions and feelings, no matter how negative, how positive, how neutral they are. Just get to know yourself. Anytime you move this way or move that way, you're avoiding what this is. Anytime you raise your hands or cross your arms or anytime you make any movement at all, the body-mind complex, uh, uh, the awareness part, that which observes becomes sealed off. You have to hold still before you can see the movement that is actually causing all the distress. Yes. Question from Gary in Traverse City. Actually, it's Gene Doe now. Gene Doe. <laughs> He's uh, changed his name. <laughs> Addiction is chemical imbalances in the brain, and so are things such as depression. This is often treated with chemicals such as Prozac. Can a person see no separation when imbalances of the mind are treated with chemistry? You, you, what is happening? The the imbalances uh, in the in the brain. Consciousness is not uh, uh, attached to the brain. Consciousness is not uh, has no ontological status. If you want to get the fancy statement, it has no. It's not something. It's not a thing. It it, do, it doesn't exist in three dimensional space where there's gravity and there's polluted water. It looks like it just looks like we're somebody here, and it looks like our thoughts are in our brain. People even point to their brain. Well, I've been thinking that I should buy a German Shepherd. So, Gene Doe, what's the best way to respond to him? Don't answer. The chemical situation in the brain, or however you want to say it, should be addressed. Uh, I have uh, some students that I have uh, used Prozac. I occasionally will say, you know, uh, with the permission of your therapist, because usually people have therapists that they're using that, uh, you know, take a week off every now and then so you can see what the mind is actually doing rather than constantly uh, cover it up with a chemical. Uh, You're actually, you know, and I'm not against using that. Some people need to use that because of the very things that uh, Gene Doe is pointing out, a uh, chemical uh, situation. But that's not, the, that's not the entire picture that's part of it. Um, oh, yes. A question from Nicole in Kalamazoo. I know her. If we aren't trying to stop the addiction, should we strive to swap one addiction for a seemingly healthier addiction? Yeah, meditate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very, what do you call that? Opinionated. Meditate. Sit down. Hold still. I'm not even saying med- you don't. Don't even call it meditation. Call it uh, pomegranates. 
sit down, hold still. What are you doing there? Pomegranates. So I'm just saying that the name is not important, but holding still, don't have to be a, you don't have to look at this guy. Sit down, hold still and watch the movement. And that's how the awareness starts to become stronger and stronger. What you're basically doing to use a strong metaphor is you're starting to end up identify more with the sky than with all the different kinds of clouds that appear in it. You actually become the sky. You're, you're completely generous. You don't mind negative emotions, positive emotions. They can all come and go all they want. They can't find you because you are no longer a solid being. Even though there's a solid body, completely fearless, completely unafraid of death. That doesn't mean you want to die. You're going to donate your body or something. But you're, you're, you're not afraid of that because you know that you're, what you're identified with has no, uh, has no status as, a, as, a, as an object. So, therefore, it can't disintegrate. It has not come into being, so it can't pass out of being, simply put. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't use Wellbutrin or Prozac, Prozac or something. Sure, I, you know, I don't know what's happening with your body-mind complex. So, you should, be, you should be the one who decides that. I mean, you, you could get help from someone, of course. Maybe you need to go to see a doctor or something. I don't know. I mean, everyone is so, I think it's so complicated and so different. The causes and conditions that arise as any one of the people here or anyone that's uh, watching on uh, uh, YouTube are so much different. So I don't, I don't say everybody should do this. What does this practice of meditation allow someone to see or to do that some of the other forms of like AA or any or um, something doesn't allow. So I, I know a little bit about those other ones. I've practiced in AA many years ago. Um, I, I think what it does is it goes to the to the basis of the consciousness rather than uh, three or four levels up into the thinking process, the analyzing process, the judging process, where where the the ego, the self centered mind, is very much wants control and wants to get, I got to get a handle on this. And well, I shouldn't do that. I should do this. Some people are so very, very intelligent that actually uh, they're not interested in awareness practice because they, when they think and they talk and they, they notice that everybody's really in awe of how smart they are. So therefore they, you know, they, they're really smart. They know stuff. So they're not about to be, become just another human on a cushion looking at a wall. Uh, person has to become pretty desperate to do this kind of a practice. Would sitting with the attachment um, and would staying with the, I don't know how to ask it, staying with the attachment and seeing that just being with it, will it fall away and not have the grippiness to it? Is that the basis of meditation with sitting with I mean, that might be a part of it, but it's basically about just sitting down and watching what moves. So it's not about accomplishing anything. That's, it's not that you might not accomplish something you could, but it's about just watching, stretching the awareness. So you're just observing what's coming and what's going without adding anything to it, without pushing something down, fluffing something up, avoiding something. So it's just about being aware. Simply put, and in the in the addiction situation or the grasping at something may 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 come and it may go, uh, but one doesn't get one no longer gets seduced by those feelings and those emotions. It's really difficult to do that, and it seems to 
Uh, I don't think you can do it out of just out of like willpower or just making yourself do it. Go ahead. Could someone fundamentally see what this is and still exhibit addictive behaviors? Sure. Anything's possible. Any combination of things is possible. I had a teacher that had, had some confusion around that area. That doesn't mean he didn't save my life. But I don't know what kind of karma he came into this life with. <clears throat> you notice how everyone's life is, some people are born into, into billionaire families. And some people are wonderful people are born into terrible poverty and disease and everything. So it's, uh, you don't know where you're going. Uh, maybe you aren't going anywhere, but it might be a good idea while you're alive to take a close look at this, see what it actually is. Yes. It's, being what's, it's using awareness to see where those karmas are coming from. You don't have to know where it's coming from. You don't really, I mean, if you do, then you can become a uh, you know, a detective, or then you can write books about the source of this and the source of that. You could, you could do that, but to fundamentally um, become sane, and I can give you a, 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 what is it, a three-word definition of sanity. No more warfare. No, no more fighting against anything, especially war. No more warfare against war. That's done with the awareness, not with the thinking process. The thinking process is not that it couldn't be helpful. Of course, we don't want to get rid of that. We want to be able to use it. But the thinking process is a tool. It shouldn't be running, leading your life, dragging you this way based on hope and fear. What needs to lead your life, the way I see it, is a, um, just an open dimension of being where you don't know what's going to happen next. It's not the intention of addiction awareness meditation to stop the addiction. What is it about the practice that might show up as not doing the substance anymore paraphrase your question please what is it about seeing the addiction through through an awareness practice that might help that to back off with the actual manifestation of the addiction so uh, probably probably the simplest way to put it is is if you really are sincere and you really are trying to find out a way to deal with this addiction and you see what it's been doing to you and you have enough of a break in there uh, where uh, it'd be pretty hard to start meditating in the middle of having needles in your arm. It'd be difficult. There would have to be some kind of a space there, not to pick on uh, that particular kind of addiction. But you need some kind of space so you could even begin some kind of an awareness practice. And then once you begin to see that, then if you're sincere about wanting to not do that, then the awareness practice will keep you out of the... The awareness practice will... Uh, help you be aware of when the mind is starting to rotate in that direction and you and you'd be in a situation where you wouldn't necessarily go that direction say there's some kind of magnetism that's happening there you just don't do it it's like uh, very similar to having very negative thoughts you don't push the negative thoughts down you don't blame something someone else or some situation for your negative thoughts no praise no blame if the negative thoughts go away you don't uh, give some kind of attribution. Well, it must be because I'm drinking more water or it must be because I'm uh, a carnivore or it must be, must be, must be. It's not that, they, that some of that couldn't be accurate, but it's not a particularly good way to move. It's better to receive things rather than produce things. If you're one more thing, if you're, if you're just on receive, then there's less production. And if you're just on receive, you're going to be more with no promises, no guarantee. You're going to be more, in tune or more there's going to be a better sense of equanimity or balance in your environment even if there's difficulty going on you're not going to necessarily be magnetized by someone else's difficulty into 
uh, going into that cesspool yourself. You'll, you'll see it. You also won't fight with it more. I can tend to idealize the practice and, and feel like I should get to a point where I should be able to receive anything and not let it affect me. But in my situation are people that are similar to having that chemical yeah. um, graspiness. Would you recommend that we actually set up some kind of barriers to situations? You mean someone who has an addiction, who hasn't been doing that for a while, but is uh, concerned about going in that direction, setting up some kind of a barrier? Shouldn't there be an intention just to not even explore that anymore? Yeah, don't go there. No, it's, not, it's, it's not helpful. You're just looking for a credential, not you particularly. <laughs> you you want to be someone who is no longer controlled by that. It's a very subtle and, uh, and, and very seductive for ego to want to have, uh, have your, uh, what do they call that, together? Yeah, you just want to have that together. You, you just want to be a someone who's no longer. Uh, control is a misunderstanding. There's no solid being. I, I didn't want to really get into that area with this kind of a talk. I would rather it be more fundamental, but I can't really help it. But there's no there's no solid being that can control. And if you think there is, I'm not saying you might not have some success with other approaches to addiction. Of course, you may never have to meditate. You may find another way to handle the whole thing. But this is a way of sitting down, watching the actual observer quality of the mind, and that will start to get stronger so that you can really see the way you start to head. The bad neighborhood could be, might be a person, might be an actual area, might be a state of mind that you're starting to indulge in. Uh, instead of going to war with that, you understand it. You do it with awareness. You don't try to be somebody other than who you are. Be genuine. Live your life. Don't miss your life. You don't need an artificial life of someone who's got everything under control yes another question from Jean Doe so it's consciousness which is realized and not the physical being they're not separate from it it's neither the physical being nor is it separate from the physical being it is as I've said many times and others way before this old person got here uh, nothing is separate you can't find anything as something other uh, even well, the teaching uh, is, is sometimes called empty of other it's empty of something else. There isn't, you're, there isn't anything but this. And if you want to do it in a personal way, there isn't anything but you. But that needs to be a scene in such a way that this doesn't automatically make you king of the universe. Picking your nose. Toji, do you have something? Did I call you Toji? Yes. <laughs> Say Toji. Got too many toe names. <laughs> cool, on. Earlier you were talking about how it's a, a, it could be a physical addiction. So a drug yes. or substance, alcohol is changing your physiology. So you're hardwired to grasp. Absolutely. That. And you said be genuine. And the genuine situation is you're going to go for that. It's choiceless. You're misunderstanding what I'm saying. Do you mind being corrected? No. I don't know how this would be helpful. If no. someone is coming for addiction awareness to help with their addiction, how is it going to help them? Might not. Want to ask another question? That's the only way I can respond to that question. Because it's too, you just dump the question on me. How's it going to help them? How do you think it's going to help them? You've been meditating for quite a number of years. Don't you think it might help them? Yes or no? Maybe. <laughs> How do you think? Haven't you taught this before? So it may not. Some people may be so, you know, so in love with their addiction that they may not, this may not work for them. They might even meditate for a while and might not be able to, to get enough space or enough understanding about it. So it may not. But somebody 
some people may be able to use this as a way of uncovering their self-deception, which the self-deception is what leads to addiction. Some people aren't ready. You can't just say, oh, this works for everybody. Everybody should take Prozac. Everybody should meditate. Everybody, everybody, everybody may not work more. Well, if um, offering the opportunity to participate in addiction awareness, what, what is the, what's the appeal or the, we're not making any promises, but what are we offering? I'm not offering anything other than just a bunch of stuff I'm saying. What do you think we're offering? I'll teach you to ask me a question. <laughs> <laughs> So what we're doing is if somebody's ready to hear this, we're saying, you know, you could actually do this yourself. You could actually sit down, hold still for periods of time. I'm talking about an hour or two or whatever every day and watch the way your anyone, your mind. And you may not be ready for this. If somebody says, well, I don't want to do that. I would say, don't do it. I would not try to push anybody into meditating. That is their business. It's disrespectful to try to make somebody uh, do anything in that way but if they give you permission if they talk to you if they ask you about it you can say well you could try this you could do this and when i say try i say oh, give it a few months give it a year somebody's 25 30 40 years old you have a lot of time left basically as far as we know sit down hold still watch them and it takes a while you might have to go through a, lo a whole lot of uh, prefabricated thought processes that you're going this way and that way and this way and that's why it's a uh, it's very difficult to begin without a teacher or without a, a mentor or without someone to encourage you to keep going because the, the undergrowth is very, very deep and thick before you get to an open field or a meadow where you can see the expanse of your mind. And when you see the expanse of your mind, you still see the neurosis, you still see the warfare, you still see the addiction, but there's a lot of space around it. That space is your mind. The mind is not an object. If you think it's, if you try to do anything else with it, then you're talking about what my teacher called uh, spiritual materialism, trying to use meditation techniques to get control of things. Use that. What is that self-deception that fuels addiction? Well, it's tied into uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance. It's tied into lust or craving or wanting something and wanting to satisfy one's uh, uh, craving. I'm not sure what, where else did you want to go with that? It's, you could say, technically, in terms of this kind of a way of looking at it, it's uh, the self-centeredness, the narcissism, the ego. But even, even without uh, doing it as a spiritual path, just doing it as a mundane path, you could probably get some kind of uh, deeper understanding of the nature of, the of your life and the quality of your life and how going in that direction is actually uh, not going to be too helpful to you. Going in the direction of the bad neighborhood and just continuing to use... Uh, chemicals or whatever the addiction may be, or gamble. The, the causes and conditions that are behind that are so complicated that we, even though there's a temptation to want to go back and, you know, research that and find out why did this happen? The why questions are circular. If you find out what it is, if you just say, what is this? Um, eventually that will show up. Uh, if you're looking at the wall, eventually you'll see that um, it has to do with your identity. If I don't personally have what I would call an addiction, at least to chemicals or what people usually think of. Mm, do I have an inability to relate to people who do? No, you're addicted to your identity. If you notice, <laughs> you, you, not just you, but anyway, we double think. We have a thought and then we have a thought about the thought. We have an emotion and then we have an emotion about the emotion. 
if somebody comes and says something and triggers an emotion, then we have emotions about the emotions we're having. And we have everything keeps doubling up and it's like uh, plywood. So there, everyone here, including this person, has addictions. We have addictions. It's about being aware of that. And that's, that's what it's about. And then if it's possible that that can come to an end, it will. And if the causes and conditions are, are so dense and complicated, it, it may not. Uh, maybe the only thing you can use is uh, some kind of a, a cover-up. I don't know. I'm not going to say you shouldn't. Go ahead. What is the bad neighborhood of an addiction to identity? Again, please. <clears throat> what is the bad neighborhood in an addiction to identity? Good one. Uh, too much spare time. <laughs> Only the people who live in the monastery are grinning. <laughs> and so I'm saying uh, just dis distraction. We get distracted and we go do something else. We do this and we, we gossip about each other, about ourselves. We talk to ourselves as we're washing dishes instead of just washing dishes. And that doesn't mean that I, I'm going to say you should try to just wash dishes. You should just watch the way the mind works all the time without adding to it. Uh, uh, justifying it without condemning it and without ignoring it. Those are the three poisons. Th those are the three ways in which we as spiritual beings who are having a physical experience keep avoiding who we really are. We keep thinking there's something to win, something to lose, something that lives, something dies, some something that is successful, something that fails. Very seductive. Thank you. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our chant books. And we like to remind everybody about the donation boxes that are in the hallway. We always appreciate and rely on your generosity to help us continue these teachings. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light.